Good morning, everybody. As Fiona said, we're continuing on this series of hearing from God. And it's a pretty elastic topic, isn't it? I mean, it can cover just about anything and everything. And yet, I no doubt that it's been very specific in certain areas for you and also for me. And one of the things over the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to process, what do I do with this topic? How do I process it for me personally? And of course, God speaks to us in so many different ways, doesn't he? There's that personal element. When nobody else is around, it's just you and God, and you know that God is speaking to you. There's that very personal one-to-one. There are other times when God speaks to you for other people. I'm sure as you look around, there have been people here this morning that have said something to you that's really spoken to you, something of God that's touched your life. And so the importance of being together and receiving and giving one to another is very much incorporated, isn't it, into this whole topic of hearing the voice of God. And then, of course, there are circumstances and I've always been thinking about this. Sometimes the circumstances, bad and tough times are not always that bad because they can be an opening for spiritual breakthrough. And we've known over this last period of time with COVID how many people have been spiritually coming alive through the tough times because they've been asking God, they've been seeking, they've come to the place where they know God needs to meet with them in a fresh way. And as you look through the scriptures, you can identify with lesser degrees of Moses at the burning bush, or you've got David facing Goliath, or you've got Daniel in the lion's den, different scenarios where God has actually broken through and touched your life and changed you. And of course, there is the whole session of of the different seasons where God speaks to us out there. Who has watched David uh, Attenborough's latest thing on the Wild Isles? Isn't it fantastic? Who at the end of that can't say, what a God we've got. God can speak very powerfully through so many different ways. And I've been thinking about this, and I've asked myself a question, and how do I process And God has been speaking to me about going back and reflecting on some of the years. Not to get locked into yesterday, but so that today becomes more real and live than ever before. And so it's important. And I've just been reflecting on one or two things over the years. Now use this as an entry point. It's not going to be about me, don't worry. But I can remember in 1972 going to Gold Hill on the way back from work and popping in to, to listen to some carols being sung. And I went into that church and the first time ever I've seen people who were glad to be in church. And although I didn't know it was the voice of God, I heard something say to me, Mike, discover their joy. And that began a journey. Five years later, I remember when I was tussling 
about whether I should go back into management accountancy or whether God had something more for me. And this man came up to me. I didn't know him, and I've never seen him again, and he prophesied over me. He said this, you're going to Thailand. God has called you to missions in Asia. I never saw him again, and I don't know who he was, but it was God speaking. And then, of course, over the process of living in Asia, the struggles with language. Pontip knows all about <laughs> the language and, and the struggles of learning the language and the culture. And the times, the struggles when you think, I can't carry on like this. And then God speaks very simply, this is the way, walk in it. And the developing different aspects over the years as you get into ministry and the tough times when nothing's happening and everything seems so barren and hopeless, the struggles of singleness, meeting up with Wilmer and then seeing the, the Lord fuse us together as one with Psalm 121, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence comes my help, my help comes from the Lord and that became our family our family verse. And so there are different ways where God speaks to you. The struggles, and yet also then going back into Bangkok with three small children, into a place there was no church, no Christians, to plant a church, and the struggles of those years, particularly the first year. And then the voice of God spoke, do not grow weary in well-doing. At the right time, you will reap. And that seed sowed in my heart, and we saw the church begin to grow and develop and multiply, and the blessings of God. And then on the mountaintop, when you feel so self-confident, God speaks to you and said, Mike, you're running on empty. It's time to refill. It's time to change. Your journey may be different to mine, but there are commonalities in our journeys, and I want to draw on some of those. You see, very seldom when we hear the voice of God do we say, Hallelujah, bring it on, Lord. Very seldom. Is that true? I know it's true of me. When I hear the voice of God, there are two temptations. One is, if I like what I hear, I embrace it straight away. If I don't like what I hear... I convinced myself that that couldn't be the voice of God speaking to me. Do you identify with that? The struggle that we have, appropriating, processing the voice of God in our lives. And as I've reflected, I think there's been three responses in my life that I want to share this morning that are based in the Word of God and not just my thing. And the first one is a hardened heart. Medically, it's that chalk stone that forms in the joints and brings a paralysis. And that's the word that's used through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Various times and various places, people hardened their heart. And of course, there are those that we, we know immediately when we hear that, there's got those, that response 
of those who've hardened their hearts. You've got Pharaoh, you've got Saul, you've got Israel, you've got Nebuchadnezzar, you've got others at that time. When God spoke, it wasn't a hallelujah, thank you, Lord, but there was an internal hardening, a resistance that came. And of course, Jesus, he used that word when he was talking and speaking about feeding the 5,000. He used the word, will you harden your heart? In that instant, the hardening of a heart meant this, that they couldn't see the lesson that the events were designed to teach them. They wouldn't receive them. Hardening of heart is something that goes right the way. It's that stubbornness, isn't it? The stubbornness that's actually within all of us in varying degrees. At times we're going to say, no, I don't want that. Who thinks we know better than God, a person busy making their own plans. And of course in the New Testament, within a few verses from Hebrews 3.8 to Hebrews 4.7, you're going to get three occasions when it says specifically, what? Do not harden your heart. So it's not just related to an Old Testament. It's a people thing. It's a you thing. It's a me thing. When we harden our hearts. What does that really mean? Obadiah, in verses 3 and 4, give us a simple answer with one word. It's pride. Pride. Responding to the voice of God and yet within us, And within me, there's that stirring of pride, which thinks he's no better. That hardening of the heart, that preoccupation with myself. In the Thai culture, of course, that Pontiff and I know reasonably well, there's those two words that come out all the time, suk sabai. As long as you're suk sabai, everything's fine. As long as you're comfortable and everything's nice. That's the best place to be. That brings a hardening of the heart because it puts you back in the center. And so that's one of the things. And I read this a a number of years ago about pride. And I saw afresh as I read it years ago, struggling with myself in so many ways. It said this, pride says, I am a cheater. I cheat you of God-given destiny because you demand your own way. I cheat you of contentment because you deserve better than this. I cheat you of knowledge because you think you know it all. I cheat you of healing because you're too full of me to forgive. I cheat you of holiness because you refuse to admit that you're wrong. I cheat you of vision because you prefer to look in the mirror. I cheat you of love because your real romance demands sacrifice. I cheat you of God's glory because I convince you to seek my own. My name is Pride. I'm a cheater. You like me because you always think I'm for you. Actually, I'm looking to make a fool of you. God has so much for you. But don't worry, if you stick with me, you'll never know. 
the hardening of heart. And I've had to admit over the years there have been times when that has been my heart. And so the course of these last weeks that we've been looking at, hearing the voice of God, I've been reflecting on that. Lord, is that my heart today? A second heart, I think, that Pauline actually mentioned a few weeks ago. Psalm 86.11, when the cry of the psalmist, give me an undivided heart. You see, if Satan can't keep you from hardening your heart, what he will do is make sure you have a divided heart. And you can think on Mount Carmel with, when Elijah, when he brought that word in 1 Kings 18, you can remember it. Elijah came and said to the people, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. You see, they preferred to be in the middle. Hedging the bet. Which way is the best way? Being in the middle. Not willing to commit themselves. And that's what a divided heart comes to. And Satan will convince. It's normal. Everybody does it. Don't worry. Look around you. Why make a spectacle of yourself by going out on a limb for God? Everybody holds these two words. They walk in two worlds. It's just normal. And when we hear the voice of God, there is this temptation to have this divided heart. When I hear the voice of God with a divided heart, I simply pick and choose what I want, what I prefer, what is more convenient for me at this moment. And so these are the things I've been thinking through myself as I've been processing the journey right up to this moment. A hardened heart, yes, there has been. A divided heart, yes, there have been many occasions. But there have also been occasions for the third one when I've desired a heart after God. By the grace of God, there have been occasions when my response has been, I delight to do your will, O God, in response to the voice of God. I wish there had been so many more times, but there have been those occasions. And I've reflected on that over these last weeks. And my cry out to God was, Lord, I want to be in that same place Today, I want to be in the place where I don't have a hardened heart and I don't have a divided heart, but something within me is saying, I want to, Lord, have an undivided heart, a heart for you alone. And that's the grace of God brings us to that place. He brings us to this place where I say, I delight to do your will. And as a church and as a people, we're in that place today where this is the cry that's going to move us on into the purposes of God. That's going to take us out into this new phase of the life that God has for us when we cry, I delight to do your will, O God. Because when you've tasted the wine of the Spirit of God, when you've been in that place where the Spirit of God has ministered to you 
and you felt the inflow of the love and the peace and the joy and the acceptance and the wonder of God as the rivers of life flow into you, at that point, I don't want ever to come away from that point. I want to stay in that place. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what other people think. I don't care what inconvenience it may bring. Suksabai, com- convenience and comfort, they're not the issues. The issue is, I delight to do your will, whatever that may be, and wherever that may take me, and whatever that may cost. That is the place. Responding to the voice of God. It brings us to that cry in Psalm 51. The cry is not for success. The cry is not actually for church growth or seeing new people come into church. That may be at some point. We trust it will be. But that's not the initial cry. When you come to this place of delighting in God, there's a cry. Psalm 51, it says this, Create in me a pure heart. That is first base. There is no other place to begin. Create in me, oh God, a pure heart. And even if I've had a hardened heart and divided heart, God does not chuck away those kind. He makes a way for you to be restored and reunited and brought back into fellowship with. Create in me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. No more U-turns. No more cul-de-sacs. The highway, a highway, I will build a highway for you. And the heart that delights in God, delights to walk in that highway. Do not cast me out of your presence. Take your, or take your Holy Spirit from me. I don't know, I've been, I've been speaking this out to God more than I've ever done in my whole life. And you could say, Mike, you've done this and that. You've been here, there, and everywhere. You've done this for God and that for God. That's not the issue. That's yesterday. The issue is today. What is my heart today? That is the crucial aspect. What is it that God is doing within our hearts together as a church that's going to enable the breath of the Spirit of God to come upon us and new life to come through us? It has to begin with me. And it has to begin with you. No more U-turns. No more cul-de-sacs. You see, when I respond to the voice of God, the promise of God in Ephesians 3, 20, verse 21, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. That's the outcome. That is the the grace blessing that comes upon you when you cry and I cry and our hearts are united in this together. And God says, out of that, the immeasurably more that I can do amongst you. More than you can ask or think according to the power, not that we have, but the power of the Spirit of God that's working in and through us. To him be glory in the church. You see, at that point, the river of life begins to flow. It takes that increase from ankle to knee to waist to be out of our depth. And that is the whole point that we're coming to. 
the different responses. A hardened heart. Yes, I've had that yesterday, but I don't want that today. Do you? Divided heart. That's a constant battle, isn't it? When you walk out of those doors, the battle is a divided heart. Bit for God, bit for me. And so it goes on during the week. Isn't it right? And yet something God can do in the midst of our hearts today which is going to change that. And you go out knowing and knowing the Spirit of God. And you go out with the strength, not your strength, but His strength in you. The Word and the Spirit firing up in a new moment of God. You go out and you can know. I'm going to walk with God when I go through those doors. And it doesn't matter what I face or what comes upon me. God has spoken to me in this place and I'm going to walk out of those doors and I'm going to walk with God. But it brings a question. You've heard the voice of God. I've shared a little bit. You could share lots as well. But I ask the question, so what? You've heard the voice of God, so what? Fair enough question? I wonder if you've ever asked yourself it. So what? Do these things that I've shared about, have a little bit about my life, just relate to yesterday? Or are they relevant for today in the Spirit of God? If someone were to say, you've heard the voice of God, Mike, in multiple ways, how would I reply if the person asked me, well, what's the difference then? What difference has that made? Fair enough question? It is. What difference has it made? Are you basically the same person with a few spiritual experiences added on? Oh, what's changed? Surely the experiences of yesterday and today when God speaks to us, they must be life-changing and continuing. There must be a continuance. So what has the Holy Spirit done and continuing to do? And as I reflected on that, I go back to my hero in that sense in, New, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. And he heard the voice in so many different occasions, didn't he? Acts chapter 9 on the Damascus Road. Of course, he was then Saul, not Paul. Saul, Saul, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? He was not used to the voice of God speaking to him like that. And down through the years, visions and revelations... The voice of God speaking to him, don't be afraid, keep on speaking, do not be silent. And on other occasions, don't worry. You're going to share, not just in Jerusalem, but you're going to go to Rome. Take courage. And down through the life of Paul, he spoke in so many different ways. What a life. 
Sharing the gospel, people saved, churches planted, being used by God over a large area. But then someone say, but Paul, what's different about you? You've done lots. But what change has taken place in you? And as I thought about that, I wondered what would Paul say? And I read these verses from, two, uh, from Colossians chapter 2. I'll read a few. When summarizing, what difference does it make if I hear the voice of God? What difference would it make? And I believe there's a checklist. It's not complete because you can go on different parts of the New Testament and keep adding to it. But to the Colossians, Paul gives a little checklist. Let me read it to you. Verse 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ, how? As Savior? Yes. But it said, also as Lord. And that's a very important little extra. You see, the first checklist, the first thing on your list and on my list, when the Spirit of God speaks to me, what is the Spirit of God trying to do? What is he trying to create in me? What is he trying to put together in this life that I have? It is that I come up with this first base, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hearing the voice of God brings us to this first base. It really deserves a whole message on its own. The Lordship of Christ. You see, faith and faithfulness can't be separated. They're ongoing together. In the book of Acts, Jesus as Lord is referred to 92 times and only twice as Savior. What does that tell you about the New Testament church? The Lordship of Christ it means God as Lord, acknowledging him to be very God, but also our surrender to him as Lord. And Paul would say, that's the first base. He goes on a little bit more in verse 6. That you continue to live in him. The voice of God speaking to us. It's not that we have a stop, start, back a bit, forward a bit, here one day with God, the next three months not without of God. There is a continuation. The evidence of the voice of God and the truth of God speaking to us is that there's continuity. There's a continuing to walk with him. There's a continuing in to hunger after him. There's a continuation to follow in his ways. And Paul said that's the second checklist the Lordship of Christ, and are continuing to walk with God and to acknowledge Christ. You see, so often he's the Alpha, the very beginning, but other things become the Omega. Is that true? I could think of many, many people who've come to Christ in this church over the years who had Jesus as the Alpha, but other things have now become the Omega. And that's why we don't see them anymore. 
the evidence, the reason why God speaks to us, that he is the Lord, that we continue in him, the Alpha and the Omega. Thirdly, Paul says, be rooted and built up in him. He sung a bit about that this morning. Rooted brings the idea in Psalm 1 of being planted by the, in the water, isn't it? Planted there. And built up is all about Paul's idea of, of representing a temple, our lives being built up with Christ being the four cornerstone. And this is the reason the Spirit of God speaks to us to bring this quality of life into being by the grace of God. The Lordship of Christ, continuing to live in him, being rooted and built up in him. And then Paul goes on to say, being strengthened in the faith. Through the word, through the spirit of God, through prayer, through being involved with each other's lives, through sharing what you have with others, making your life visible and understandable, fixing your eyes on Jesus, strengthened in the faith. And the last one that Paul has here is overflowing with thankfulness. Evidence of the Spirit of God speaking to us, working in us, changing us. That overflowing with thankfulness. Paul said to the Thessalonians church, be joyful, pray, give thanks. How often? Do you remember? Always. Always. In everything. In everything, in poverty, in riches, in sickness, in health, in peace, in persecution. This is what the Spirit of God working in our lives brings this quality of life by the grace of God that we can be this kind of people together. I don't know about you, but I thank God for every time that he's spoken into my life even though at times I've not always appreciated it. Later on, I've been very thankful. My heart aches for the times that I've hardened my heart, the times when I've had an un a divided heart. But today my heart rejoices that God does not throw away broken things or broken relationships. He mends them. He mends them. That's the hope that we have. And today my heart rejoices in forgiveness, in grace, in mercy, in the love of God. As the Spirit of God speaks through his word and as the Holy Spirit himself speaks into my heart. What about you? Hardened heart? Divided heart? Some weeks with God are great, and the next month they don't worry. I'm okay. I can cope. I don't need God every day because I've got the ability, the understanding, and reasonable knowledge of the Word of God to be able to cope day by day. Thank you, Lord. If I need you, I'll contact you. But as at the moment, I'm okay. Of course, we wouldn't say that, but our actions say it even though we would never be bold enough to say it with our lips. What about us? Are you answering this question I leave with you? Are you answering God's voice by saying no? That's a hardened heart. 
Are you answering God's voice by saying, maybe, not yet? Probably a divided heart. I don't know about you, but in my weakness, in all the battles, there's something within me today that I want to say, yes, Lord, to the voice of God. Whatever it may be, whatever the cost, whatever it may mean, whatever sacrifice, whatever suffering, whatever it may cause, that's not the issue. The issue at the end of the day is, well done, the good and faithful servant with my one talent or three talents or whatever it is. I want to say, yes, Lord. And you know, as I've been praying this week, as for the church, I believe that God, you can weigh this if it's prophetic, I don't know, but I want to speak it out because it's on my heart. We're at this point where God wants to bring again those taste buds for God's glory, those taste buds for God's spirit, those taste buds to be in the river, waste and above taken long by the Spirit of God. We're at that point, and God is saying, Mike, I want your taste buds to be rejuvenated again, to taste and see that the Lord is good. And when our taste buds are beginning to be revived again, the breath of God will begin to move afresh in your life and in mine. I don't know about you, but that's where I am. Time struggling, yes. But I don't want that hardened heart anymore. That pride of self. Pride says that you think I'm looking after you. I'm not. I'm trying to destroy you. God has so much more for you but don't worry, you stick with pride and you will never know. Where are we this morning? Where are you this morning? Hearing the voice of God is such a privilege, but such an incredible, humbling challenge. Are you up for it? Let's pray together. Before I pray, I just want you to reflect a few moments on the times that God has spoken to you. I want you to be honest this morning and just recall those times when you've said no to God. When you said maybe later, when it's more convenient. Just bring those to God. He's not angry. Even to the Laodicean church, he said, I'm knocking on the door of the church, wanting to come in. And that's the grace of God, not discarded. 
just in the quietness of this moment. If you want to say, yes, Lord, then you say it. If there are struggles when you can't, you want to but can't, then make sure you speak with somebody, pray with somebody before you go home. Will you stand mid me? Will you pray with me? Will you help me? Because I want to have my taste buds for God restored again for the glory of Jesus. Father, I just pray for each of our lives. I pray for a level of honesty and openness. We're not as spiritual as we think we are and we're not as equipped as we should be. But we're calling on you today, Lord, because we believe in your people. We believe in your church. We believe that you're the God who's here, who's with us, who loves us, who's committed to us, who died, who rose, who poured out the Spirit of God, that today we may live as the people of God in the power and the grace of God. And, oh, Father, our hearts cry out this, this morning. Will you do that, please? Take away this familiarity with God and replace it with the fear of God. I don't want to walk out of those doors with pride being in first place. I want the Lordship of Christ. I want to continue in Him. I want to be built up on the right foundation. I want to give thanks to you in every situation for that is the will of God. Father, will you bless these people this morning? Will you take us on? Will you give us to that place where we can say, yes, Lord, here am I. Here am I. In Jesus' name, amen.